0: Well, hey friends, welcome to the Restoring Home podcast. We as family mediators offer supports and resources to parents before, during and after court. My name is Lisa Welter and I'm your host and I'm excited about today's conversation. We have a roundtable discussion with Rule 114 family mediators, Sheila Marie Untied and Leah Kleinschmidt. They're going to talk to us about is mediation too good to be true? And what does it actually look like for a parent to engage with a mediator? And what does it cost? So let's unpack that. But before we get started, I want to just paint a sobering reality for you. You know, I have, I've experienced the family courts 150 times and I bought a reality or a narrative that I had to lawyer up to go to the courts to achieve the goals that are the results that I'm looking for. But I wanna share with you that today, I pulled up the public court calendar available to me in Ramsey County, and there's 190 pages of court cases for this week. That's five business days, 190 pages of court cases. Now, to be fair, this is including civil, probate, mental health, family, uh, criminal cases, juvenile cases, it's all of them combined. I just want to share that with you because it does speak to the nature of how backed up the courts are and how much time they actually have for you. They don't have time. And the preference of the court is that you would engage in the process of mediation where you can work out, uh, your circumstances in an environment where you can slow down, be heard and understood and achieve goals and outcomes that best fit for your family. There is no such thing as a perfect court order unless you create it yourself. Now, today is all about divorce and marital dissolution. And I know that this is a very sensitive topic for a number of reasons. And we're not here to judge people on where they're at or why they are working through that process, but we do wanna offer support and resources to you. As a parent who's gone through the courts 150 times, I've spent way too much time and money and I did not ever see a court order that fit my needs or my family's needs. And so lean in with me and Sheila Marie and Leah as we unpack ways in which you can engage in the process of mediation and save a ton of money, but ultimately build a legacy that best fits for you and your kids. So ladies, it's great to have you with me today. Our roundtable conversation is about how you get divorced matters. And I'm so glad that the two of you as family mediators are willing to come to this table and talk with parents about how to engage with the court or maybe not using the court for the divorce process. So thanks again for being with us. Sheila Marie, I would just love for you to introduce yourself, and then Leah, same to you. Go ahead, Sheila Marie.
1: I am Sheila Marie Untied. I do mainly family mediation, so I do pre-divorce, through divorce, post-decree, and also issues around children and children's issues after the divorce is final. So there's a whole spectrum of where you can enter the process, and people will do a divorce, And come back four years later and their child custody plan isn't working because the children are older understandable so they'll come back to do another round of mediation to rework that agreement so they both are comfortable with it they both understand why it is the way they it is and they support it it's also really helpful if one of the partners has a new partner or has remarried there's all kinds of nuances around How does that work and how do you do that in a healthy manner versus getting nasty notes going back and forth? (laughs) Um, That is a really important idea. I think people come to this from all different points and perspectives. They don't all start from the same spot and they don't end at the same spot. And just like all the pharmaceutical commercials on TV, their tagline is always individual results may vary. That's exactly true in mediation. It's true in, in courtroom divorce too. No two situations end up the same. Yeah. But it's really nice to be able to shepherd your path. And my practice is uh, cleanslatemediation.net. And I'm in the St. Croix Valley and
0: Ramsey County and Western Wisconsin. Well, thank you for being with us. And you are totally right. There is no like straight path forward and every path is different. No. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And Leah. Go.
2: Who are you, and where are you coming from? Hi, I am Leah Kleinschmidt, and I practice uh, family law mediation down in uh, Southern Minnesota. So, in Mankato, um, I do specialize in the family law umbrella, which consists of divorce. It can be custody. It can be um, post decree issues. Um, kind of similar to Sheila. Um, And she couldn't have said it more perfect. Not one case is alike. And it always keeps us hopping. Um, But the end result is we want what's best for everyone.
0: So great. Ladies, I really appreciate you being willing to take the time and unpack this idea of how parents get divorced matters. Uh, this is a big deal to me. I've been through the courts 150 times, and so I would say that's not the right way to handle this. <laughs> and uh, but I want each of you to talk about that from your angle as a family mediator or having uh, quite a bit of experience in the family law realm. What have you uh, What have you seen as parents are struggling through this process of divorce and moving forward? I know Sheila Marie, you said. That uh, this comes from a lot of different starting points. They could be in process in the courts. They might be, you know, court ordered to mediation. They might not even use the courts. They might engage with mediation there. But talk about what does this mean to you? How parents get divorced matters. In my
1: experience, a lot of my clients come from marriage therapists. So these are sort of self-nominated people. They are people that have. Been willing to attend therapy, frankly, pay for therapy. People who are willing to invest in their relationship and it just isn't going to work for whatever reasons. And there's no judgment around that. If it's not going to work, hello, you, you realize it's not going to work. Congratulations. Like you're, you know, you're doing good work. Um, so those people are self nominated. I also get people who come to me through my website might be a referral from someone who used me worked with me before I think those people are really cautious and and they want to do the right thing and I I really believe people feel that mediation sounds too good to be true it's it's a unicorn right you spend less money much a lot less money like a tenth of the money And you come up with a relationship that you are a decision or arrangement that you collaborated with and you support and you understand that the reason you're doing the transfer at five o'clock on Sunday afternoons is because they're taking skating from a special instructor from three to five. And that's the only, they understand why versus, well, you just said it's inconvenient for me, right? And you Mm -hmm. don't have that as much. You people start to understand. And I also often... If I feel we're going to have a really high tension mediation, one of the first things I do if there's children is that say, hey, you both got your phones with you. Let me see your kids. I'm excited to meet them. And they will just glow and they will show you those kids. And when we're having issues and we're really like we're not getting anywhere, I'll ask them to take those pictures, those phones out again and talk to me about what is the best decision for those kids in those pictures. That is a very sobering minute for a moment for a lot of people. So great. I love it.
0: I'm going to pass it over to Leah. Leah, what do you think about when you hear the statement, how you get divorced matters?
2: You know, to me, I see it in many different angles because, you know, I'm also, you know, a paralegal. So I see it as, you know, when families, you know, call a law firm and they say, you know, I need help, but I'm panicky. And when it sees all that aspect to, they don't know what they're doing. They just want what's best for their child, but they have the, um, should we say, conflict of the other party, like the stress levels and stuff. And so then when it does come down to, you know, Let's talk about maybe possibility of mediation, where you're able to voice your opinions, and you have that middle person. Unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, in the legal field, the tension's always high. Let's let's be honest.
0: As you know, I think a lot of people who might hear of the term mediation might be thinking about a particular type of mediation where. I've heard a number of folks say that mediation was not a great experience for them and it felt as though they, um, they only had a very small lens to kind of work with, with the particular mediator. And the way in which you guys have been trained to think about this, it's more relationship focused and the settlement comes when we're putting that relationship first. And I think you guys both spoke to the number one priority, what's in the middle of, of their situation, these children, and these things that they really care about, both of you elevate those, those fundamentals first to help parents move towards a, a more peaceful resolution. And I think that, that that's really an important attribute to highlight in, in our conversation today. But there are different types of mediation and different ways in which parents can engage family mediators. So, Sheila Marie. Do you want to speak to that? And do you have any examples that you might want to share with us? Yes, um,
1: I think, and you have a very little small window of time as a mediator to, to make SNAP assessments. And, and I don't, they're not judgments, but you're trying to read who you're dealing with. Is It's for an example, a challenge can be if you have someone who's very much an extrovert and their partner is very much an introvert. You already have different ways of communicating and different Ways of interacting, so trying to balance that by saying to the extrovert, "I've I heard what you said. I'm going to give X a moment to weigh in. You know what 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 are your responses to the three comments?" And make sure that the person who isn't in that relationship, as comfortable speaking, doesn't get run over. And it doesn't. I will say it's not a male versus a female thing. I've seen it on both with both sexes. It's it's just. Who is more dominant in the relationship? And it's very important for the mediator as an entirely neutral person. I don't have a side in this. It's very important to make sure for me that people are giving a level head and a chance. And sometimes it involves saying, we're just gonna go, each person gets to speak. We're gonna alternate and we're gonna limit it at two minutes. Sometimes that's a good way. It's not too much for the introvert to speak. And it's enough for the extrovert to speak because they're often repeating themselves. That's one thing I've, I've really noticed. You have, For me, I have to really try and read who is presenting themselves at two o'clock. Who are these people and how are they both best going to respond and best get equal treatment?
0: Yeah, that's so great. And you're right. There tends to be someone who has a little bit more of a dominant personality. Yes. And that assessment is really Um, critical. But I think also for the parents listening to this, recognizing that mediators have been trained to think about different techniques to really bring a more constructive conversation forward when things have kind of gone more destructively, right? Right. And mediators coming into this arena to help that individual or those individuals shift to a constructive conversation, elevating that relationship that exists between the two of them to move towards that peaceful resolution,
1: and also to preserve what they do have that works well. Yes. If yeah. if they're both doing great on using, you know, a calendar, a Google Calendar, and they're sharing it back and forth, and that's working for them, well, then to take that success and build on it. Yeah. Right. And say, here's what's here's what's working really well. So I really want to make sure that continues. Working great for your family. How can we add to that?
0: Yes. I love that. I think you're speaking to, I had recently written a blog on how do you achieve the perfect court order? Well, you're not going to find that perfect court order moving through the court process. You're going to find it in a mediation setting where that mediator is protecting and safeguarding your ability to make the decisions that most impact you so that you have an agreement that fits you and your lifestyle and your, the partner and the kids and, uh, courts can't do that for us. And they shouldn't, <laughs> and they shouldn't, and they don't want to Le-
2: no. Lea, speak. To no, that. they don't. Yes. <laughs> they don't want to <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. This is so good. I have a, a girlfriend of mine who said it so well, she goes, you know, parents have been making these decisions their entire lives and they've gotten themselves to where they are. And they don't necessarily need to hire a lawyer to untangle all of that for them. They may just benefit from a family mediator that can help elevate, here's all the decisions you've made so far, how do you want to make the decisions going forward? Mediation can be such an empowering process. Uh, So be careful and mindful of who you're selecting as a family mediator. And our two women on this call, Sheila, Marie, and Leah, they get it. They understand these relational dynamics and they're for families, but also helping uh, you think about what do you need to achieve a peaceful resolution? So I want to switch gears now and talk about cost. Hmm. You know, I was involved in the family courts. This went on for years. We spent well over a quarter of a million dollars in the courts. And the only people who won were the professionals litigating on our behalves. There there wasn't a court order that we ever found that really landed well. And as Sheila Marie said, we needed to change it because our family grew and changed and circumstances adjusted over a period of years. And we found ourselves back in the court, but it was such an adversarial process and so expensive. Sheila Marie, talk about costs and what this uh, looks like. Using a family mediator, and then we'll pass it over to Leah as well.
1: Absolutely. And I am a Rule 114 Minnesota Supreme Court mediator neutral. That is important because everyone in the world is a mediator, right? Just like everyone's a financial planner, but then there are people who have all the, the training and the certifications. Mm-hmm. So I usually schedule a two hour session because And we don't really get going until about 40 minutes in. I mean, people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it takes a while to get momentum. Yeah. And there is no outside fee. You are not billed outside of the session. There is no getting an envelope in the mail and you open it up and you spent $3,300 last month. There's none of that. You pay at your session. If you choose to schedule another session, you will pay again at the session. I, I do not take a retainer. Any prep work I do before and after the session is covered. I send my clients, both of them, or whoever many many is involved, I don't communicate with anyone individually other than possibly a scheduling conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, I will send them after the session, a simple word document. Here is what we talked about. Here is the conclusions we came to. Here's the homework that's needed. Um, here are the questions that were not answered or that we did not come to an agreement on. I send it to both of them. If they choose to come back, wonderful. I I want them back, but I don't manipulate people into coming back. I don't trick them. It's, it's free. They have free will. They'll do what they do. Maybe after a mediation session, they decide I'm getting an attorney. Fine. You have every right to get an attorney. But at least they'll have a pretty clear idea of where there's agreement and where the issues are going to be. So you could even call it sort of an exploratory session if you don't continue. At least you have a good idea and it costs you $600, not $3,600.
0: Yes. And when you work with uh, families, do you have them split that cost between the two of them? So each
1: It is completely and totally up to them. Got it.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that.
1: Okay. And sometimes, you know, you have an inequity in income. So sometimes I have suggested when people can't, like, they don't want to go first. I said, well, here are what people do. One party pays everything. You split it 50-50. You do it based on your income. You know, one pays 70%, one pays 30%. You make the choice of what you want to do.
0: I love that. I love that you're giving the standard of fairness uh, to be defined by the by the parties. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. How much how much would you say that a couple would spend if they went through the entire divorce process for mediation? I with- have
1: I have had people go so I will not prepare legal documents, not touching it. Like I am not an attorney, I'm not preparing legal documents. I have a relationship with an attorney in Woodbury. I send her my word documents and she will literally fill in the court paper for those for those people, and she charges around six to seven. If there's out of state property, it can get higher. But she will literally prepare the court, the paperwork for the court, and those folks can go in and represent themselves. The judge is says, "Oh my goodness, you're all ready to go, and you agree on everything." The gut, you know the the judge is going to accept it, and it's all done. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I, I, so I would say 1500 to me, and just let's let's be upper end, maybe 1000 to 1200 for the attorney. So you're coming in at, $3,500 or less for, it, for the highest quality separation settlement you could possibly come up with because you designed it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have somebody to go back to that you trust, right. who's done good work with you in the past and can help you achieve in the years to come. And has
1: demonstrated that they truly are neutral. They really don't favor one party over the other.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Sheila Marie. Leah, how about you?
2: Well, I um, am also a 114 qualified neutral through the Minnesota Supreme Court. Um, And then I also have some family law attorneys here at my law firm that are willing to write up the agreements as well. That's
0: awesome. I really appreciate you guys being willing to unpack kind of the reality of what it looks like, because I think that uh, folks just don't know what they don't know. Right. And we really believe that mediation, in my opinion, I think mediation is the most preferred route forward for any sort of family conflict that is bumping into the court system or has the potential to bump into it because it's so protective or it should be really protective of those individuals' ability to exercise free will and make their own decisions on what they want life to look like for the future. So ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about how people can work through the divorce process using mediation. And I look forward to our upcoming conversations.
2: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Okay, seriously, friends, it's really incredible when you think about the uh, the way in which family mediation can be utilized during the process of divorce. And you heard from Sheila Marie and Leah a number of different ways that they have approached families that are struggling through very, very difficult times in their lives. You know, when you think about the process of divorce and uh, all of the other stressors of life divorce ranks up as one of the top uh, stressors next to death and uh, why would we want to engage in such an adversarial process that just creates so much uh, cost but also so much heartache when we can work through matters in a more uh, responsible and considerate route through family mediation it takes the anxiety out of the circumstance you are in control of the outcomes rather than hoping that someone is going to make a good decision on your behalf. You know, Sheila Marie Untied is our sponsor for today's episode, and she owns Clean Slate Mediation. She offers mediation in person, via Zoom, and she's willing to even do home visits. Her specialty areas include general family situations such as marital dissolution, post-decree matters, But she also can do work with child welfare, civil concerns, she can work with teens and parents and child custody matters. Really, Sheila Marie has a great deal of knowledge to offer services to families. You can find her on our Restoring Home website at restoring-home.com backslash Sheila Marie Untied. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes for you as well. Friends, we care about you. We care about your family. We care about the outcomes for your kids and the legacy that you want to leave. And we would just encourage you to check out our website at restoring-home.com to find additional uh, resources that might be available to you. Every one of our family mediators on our website is a qualified neutral. That means they're a rule 114 uh, qualified neutral. That means they've gone through 40 hours of training. They have been trained and equipped to come alongside of you and offer you support and hope. We'll see you next week. Take care. God bless.